into the contest. It's Monday the 10th of January. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. A cracking finish to the fourth test match. We'll talk about that. But Shane Lee, you are sitting back in the countryside watching kangaroos do what kangaroos do, eh? <laughs> I am, Timmy. I'm, uh, I'm on a little family holiday down the uh, Sapphire Coast, which is far, mm. uh, the far south coast of New South Wales, and um, down a place called Tanja. So it's, uh, it's a beautiful little glamping site, mate. Camping's not really my, uh, my thing, but the kids are having a good time, mate, nonetheless. Well, that's good. Richard Wilkins always said, why go camping when there's a perfectly good Sofitel right next door? <laughs> yeah. But that sounds that sounds good to me. It sounds very peaceful in the world that we're living in. Now, we have a great charity auction running for the Cooper Rice Braiding Foundation who raise funds for important cancer research. There are some amazing things to buy from the auction. A signed Wallabies jersey, just part of it, afternoonsport.com forward slash auction. We do have a huge show. Well done, England. They held on for a draw. Pat Cummings, Mitchell Stark. Is Mitchell Stark worn out? Will they leave him out for Hobart? Plenty of tennis news. Novak in the courtrooms. It's all on Afternoon Sport. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. Shane, uh, it was so interesting to watch Ben Stokes. He put his shirt over his head and uh, they had one wicket left. They had all the field. It was a bit like watching one of those or playing one of those Freddie Truman games where you packed about nine <laughs> slips and uh, and they held on for the draw, England. Yeah, it was a really good uh, really good uh, game of cricket, mate, and, and really good to see that Test cricket isn't dead, mate. It, uh, it went five days. Look, good performances all around, particularly f- um, from a lot of the Australian guys. Uh, Usman Khawaja scoring 137 and 101 not out um, in the second innings. So 100 in each innings, which is a, it's a huge effort at the SCG, particularly at the age of 35 in his comeback match. Um, Boland, once again, took seven wickets for the match. Um, Jack Leach did well for the Poms, uh, taking four for 84. Um, and Zach Crawley actually getting some runs, 77 at the top of the order, and Ben Stokes, 60. Uh, it was really, really hard-fought day. The Australians needed 10 wickets in the last day. We couldn't manage it. That's the third time uh, in 12 months the Aussies haven't been able to bowl a team out in the last day. So we may need to look at that. Yeah, it's sort of uh, anyone that was wondering whether Hazel sh- Hazelwood should be in that team, that's what mm. he's a master at, isn't he, on a pitch like that, just pinging it straight at the spot from his height. But what about Usman? You can't leave him out for Hobart, could you? Well, you think not, mate. And uh, I think we've been pushing, or I've been particularly pushing hard. I, I didn't, never thought Harris should have played this test series. Um, mm. He's underperformed. Yes, he scored a good 70 in Melbourne, but, you know, he got starts again and, and keeps missing out. But the way he's getting out, he's getting out the same way every time, sort of feeling for the ball, outside off stump, going hard at the ball. You can't really be doing that as a top-order batsman. Will Kwasar open the batting? I don't know. The, the Australian selectors don't really like to move players around in their batting positions, but how do you leave a guy with 
centuries in each innings, and the way he got him was fantastic, I thought. And you're just watching a guy who's really at ease with himself and, and his game of cricket. What about Alex Carey's keeping? Because his batting's poor, mm. and they had their chances Australia yesterday. Steve Smith, uh, it was a difficult one, but an uncharacteristic drop by him, and Carey was pretty untidy with the gloves. Yeah, he dropped two catches, and uh, I think it's a, a technical issue there. He's sort of not pushing off with his, with his right foot, so he's getting no power or drive, so he's sort of like collapsing on the ball. I'm not a wicket keeper, so it's hard for me to comment on that. But, um, yeah, over the series, he's only scored 110 runs, at 15.71, so not big numbers. He did score his maiden test 50 in Adelaide in the second test to get us to that sort of an unreachable target for England. But, uh, yeah, I think he's done enough. Will he go to the subcontinent? Yes, he will. Uh, but he's going to need to really work hard on his wicket keeping, particularly up to the stumps to the spinners. Yeah, because if Swepson comes in on some of those dusty wickets, his, mm. his, his task becomes all that more difficult, doesn't it? Would you rest Mitchell Stark for Tasmania? Look, it's 3-0 three, three at the moment, one test to play in Hobart. You've got a, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to pace stocks. Looks like they'll rest Hazelwood, but you've got Jai Richardson, you've got Nessa, you've got no shortage of fast bowlers. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely be uh, giving him a rest. If you look at uh, the way he performs over a series, in, in the first uh, test match of each series, Mitchell Stark's average with the ball is 24. By the fifth test, he averages 52. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a real history there and um, a, a real sort of pattern of how he really ties over a series. So, look, he's had, a, I think, a fantastic series. Forget yesterday. He's had a fantastic series. He's got wickets early. He set Australia up for this Ashes win. Give him a rest now and uh, get him right for the subcontinent. Some amazing results over the weekend in the FA Cup with upsets galore. I love watching it, like Cambridge beat Newcastle. There was all sorts of results where these minnows, these these teams that have a, a no Broadway moments uh, have that one when they take on a, a big-name team and they beat them. Uh, but there's also been another a huge upset. Nottingham Forest, 1-0 over Arsenal. Beat the Gunners, mate, 1-0. And uh, the Arsenal manager coming out and saying, I've got no excuses. They scored a goal and we didn't. <laughs> That's how he summarised the game. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to uh, work that one out. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see. And we're seeing more and more of it at the moment, Timmy, that, the uh, as you said, the minnows are coming through and beating these powerhouses of, of football teams. Arsenal, definitely one of those powerhouses. Now, onto a subject which is... Um it's an interesting subject in and around gay football players. Ian Roberts came out mm. in rugby league a number of years ago uh, very bravely and, and faced the music and told. Uh, and I think he was um, embraced really widely. But still, there's a real hesitance, isn't there, amongst um, openly gay men in particular in um, football and, and other sports to come out. There must be, when you look at the percentages in the community, there must be a lot larger percentage than what comes out and tells the world about it. Now, we see a guy, an openly gay footballer, Joshua Cavallo, who's been you know, brave enough, that's the word that you use, because mm. it's difficult to come out and, and say who he is, um, quite understandably so. And these cowards have abused him. Yeah, it's appalling, isn't it? Um, as you said, Joshua Cavallo had the, had the, I suppose, the real um, positive uh, attitude towards coming out and, and, and saying who he was and, and not being not being shy or afraid of that. Um, and he just said that you can still hear the crowd as A-lead game, you know, abusing him and saying these sort of homophobic comments, which is, which is poor. He said, we've come a long way as a society, 
but unfortunately, these um, there's still people. There's a, still a long way to go. He said, and um, I really do feel for the guy. It would be really, really hard just coming out to your friends and family if you worked in an office job. But playing sport where you have to be in a change room and showers, that sort of stuff, it would be even worse. And just because you're gay doesn't mean you're attracted to your teammates. That's for sure. And um, I really feel for Joshua, and I hope that the crowds get their act together and. Um, and I hope that people, security guards at these matches, throw these idiots out. Oh, absolutely. That's what they need to do. Yep. And if they're, 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 they're young people, they need to take their parents and try and educate because yeah. it's, it's absolutely absurd. really is. Uh, we've got plenty on afternoon sport today. We'll be talking tennis, NFL, AFL, and much, much more. Rafael Nadal, well, he's in, in decent form, isn't he, uh, heading into the Australian Open? He is, mate. Uh, he had a really, really good win at the Melbourne Somerset, uh, beating Maxim um, Chrissy, the Frenchman, 7-6-6-3. Looked good, um, looked sharp and uh, looked really focused. And, uh, geez, he hits a lot of topspin on the ball, Timmy, and um, he's going to be a real favourite depending on whether our, our old mate uh, Novak gets to play or not. Yeah, well, we'll know more by the end of the day. <laughs> won't we? We'll talk about that in just a tick. But Ash Barty in cracking form, of course won the Adelaide International and uh, Pam Shriver might be uh, sort of gobbling on her um, Weet-Bix because uh, she was saying, oh, someone else might take over as world number one. But please, Ash Barty in this kind of form. Oh, and, and Ash just does this with all this hoo-ha going on around her and, and the tennis and what's going with Novak Djokovic and, you know, COVID. She just gets on with her job. Um, she looked as good as, and sharp as she's looked any time in her career. Um uh, defeating the, the Kazakhstani Elena Rubiskina, six three six two, and that's a fourteenth WTA title. Tim, so look, she's going from strength to strength. Come on, Ash, let's win Australian Open. Be in, your maiden Australian Open and uh, get the chocolates for us there because you're in really, really good form. Yeah, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? And you'd, look, if you were going to have a couple of dollars on the women's draw, you'd have to have it on Ash Barty at the moment. Now, this whole uh, Novak Djokovic story, it's its become a PR disaster. And no matter mm. how you look at it, whether you like him, hate him, whether you want him deported on the next boat back, it doesn't look good. And, and a lot of the tennis players are coming out, and that's what they're sort of pointing towards. Look, Rafael Nadal was a little bit more pointed. He said that he was wrong, Djokovic. Others, mm. like Nick Kyrgios, who's been a huge critic of Djokovic in the past, he's basically come out and said that um, fans are over the saga. Yeah, and uh, do you want Nick Kyrgios in your corner <laughs> as a PR machine? <laughs> I suggest not. Nick's coming out and saying, treat him like a human, uh, which is fair enough too, so he should be. Um, he's the world number one tennis player, and... Uh, whether he's he's got his uh, vaccination um, credentials wrong uh, or not, uh, that doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you want Nick Curious uh, in your corner as the PR um, master because it probably brings a wrong attitude towards everything. I think. Yeah, the whole thing's a bit of a cluster, uh, and you get yep. put, put whatever word you want in there. Uh, Andy Murray dismayed by Djokovic's uh, really bad situation, and that's reverberating right around the world. Craig Tiley, there was a uh, there was a video message that got leaked to News Corp where he's come out and said he's going to tell the full story. But there's somewhere between the federal government, the state government and Tennis Australia and the Djokovic camp, and they've got to try and unstitch all of that. But it's become a worldwide PR 
um, mess, really. That's the only other word you can use for it. We will find out more throughout the course of these next couple of days. But what about the NFL? Antonio Brown, he's turned on Tom Brady and he's turned on him in a massive way in in the NFL. Antonio Brown is an absolute goose, isn't he? Like, like ex-Tampa Bay wide receiver. He had full support. Brady's actually got him two jobs um, and he's let him down twice. Tom Brady has come out and said, this guy's going through a very tough time now, support him. Tom Brady's also then uh, copped flack uh, for actually getting him to to Tampa Bay. And now he's just turned on him. He said, and he quote, quoted as saying, to me, a friend is someone um, that's got your back. Tom Brady is, not, is my friend. Why? Because I'm a good footballer. He needs me to play football. Well, Tom Brady doesn't need you at all, mate. And uh, why would you turn on someone that's been your biggest supporter? And Tanya Brown just proving you can't have him in a team. He's just all about himself, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Tom Brady certainly doesn't need Antonio Brown. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yep. Now, the NBA, quickly, what, what about this story? It's a disgraceful story. And LeBron James, uh, Shaney, has not missed this NBA announcer who is, oh, goodness gracious me, it was terrible. Well, this was appalling, wasn't it? Um, the Houston star, Kevin Porter Jr.'s uh, uh, father had passed away and he hit a, a winning three-pointer right on the buzzer. Uh, and the announcer said, uh, like his dad pulled the trigger right at the right time. And like, that is just an appalling comment. Yeah, and um, and look, LeBron James has gone out, and this guy won't work again, I don't think, and and rightly so. Yeah, absolutely disgraceful. But uh, LeBron, he, yep. uh, he he won't mix his words. Um, AFLW coming back home for a moment, and uh, <laughs> Melbourne star Daisy Pearce, she's a real star. Um, she's come out and and opened up at a lot of uh, facets of her life, including how the Melbourne Demons' historic win helped her uh, get her mind focused back on uh, the game itself. Yeah, we, we'd been talking uh, last week a lot about perspective and, and Usman Khawaja having that, and um, she is the the Melbourne uh, captain. Uh, she's All-Australian. She's a fantastic player. She hasn't had a premiership win yet. She's a mother. Um, she works at, works a job as well. Um, and she's just sort of saying, after speaking to Ben Brown in particular, that, you know, it is just a game of football. Go out there and enjoy it. And uh, so she's putting things now into perspective. And it's made her preseason and her focus for this year a lot clearer. So um, watch out for uh, Daisy Pierce. She's a superstar. And she's going to be trying to lean and, I suppose, get some, a lot of good energy off the back of the Melbourne's win last year. It's quite appropriate that the Gold Coast is some way connected to this next story because I was up there and um, <laughs> tell you what, they love a tattoo. They love a big tattoo on the old Gold Coast, uh, on the GC. And ex-AFL player uh, Daniel Gorringe, he's got a tattoo which is off the charts, this one, Shane, and the story behind it. Well, the story behind it is he had a bet with uh, the, the Gold Coast Suns coach, Stuart Dew, over um, whether a game against Carlton, whether they'd win or not, and he lost the bet, and he made good on his um, <laughs> his loss, and he got a tattoo of Stuart Dew, the coach, on his body. Now, Stuart Dew, but he got the picture of Stuart Dew, how he looks now is a bit sort of poorly, <laughs> a little fat stomach on him, and it's an appalling tattoo he's got put on his body. I don't know where it is on his body, Tim, but... Um, it doesn't look good. He's had it coloured in in the sun's colours. Yeah, so he's got that coach on his body for the rest of his life. And uh, I don't know how to explain that one to you, your partner or your kids down the track. Yeah, well, it's positioned on his backside. So hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know how he rolls, but hopefully not too many that will see it, I suggest. All right, uh, look, we've just seen the finish of a fantastic Sydney Test match. Uh, enormous amount of money, over $4 million raised for the McGrath Foundation in the process uh, in and around fundraising and day three in particular. But... Um, 
You want to tell us a yarn about a finish of an Ashes test a few years ago. Stuart McGill and his celebration after taking seven wickets. Tell me more. Well, we spoke about Cameron Green and when he got his first test wicket uh, up up there in um, in Brisbane and and how he sort of he th- thought that he overreacted and he apologised to his teammates for celebrating. Stuart McGill's probably from the other, other end of the spectrum. He took seven wickets against the Poms at the SCG. Uh, I think it was back in 1999, bowling him out. Well, McGill brought the uh, the cassette player or, or, or the, the CD player would have been then into the change room of the Poms with the, uh, the Midnight All song, Beds Are Burning, and McGill sang... The Poms can't bat when the wickets are turning <laughs> to the tune of the beds are burning from midnight oil and uh, sang it the whole song and uh, top of his voice while he was drinking a bourbon and coke and uh, yeah apparently the looks on the Poms faces wasn't great but McGill enjoyed it that's for sure <laughs> he's quirky he's very very quirky <laughs> he was never backwards at coming forward that's for sure mate that's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsors in Maine Haircare. That's M-A-N-E, MainHaircare.com. And of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.